0: Mark 15 chapter looking at verse 15 to 22 then we're going to go to Matthew the 28th chapter verses 1 through 8 I'll be reading uh, from the New Living Translation the word of God says first in Mark y'all with me? if not there say hold on Amen, amen. Mark, the 15th chapter, starting at verse 15. The Word of God says this way. So pacified the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flawed with a lead-tipped whip. Then he turned him over to the Roman soldier to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him, and dropped their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple road and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to A place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. Now to Matthew 28 chapter, verses 1 through 8. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here, he is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angels The rest to get the disciples the angels message and as they went Jesus met them and greeted them and they ran to him grasped his feet and worshiped him then Jesus said to them don't be afraid go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there praise God for his word if He can help me announce this subject matter to your neighbor as you take your seat rejoice in suffering and his resurrection. Rejoice in suffering and his resurrection. Rejoice in suffering and his resurrection. We we are here early this Sunday morning because of what transpired on Friday. We are here to celebrate his resurrection, but also to remember his suffering. So, for this sunrise, sir, I would like to deal with the subject if you will, rejoice in his suffering and his resurrection. For, th- for this, I would like us to draw attention of these two texts which I have read in your hearing, for we will see that what happened on Sunday morning could not have taken place if Friday never came. In this morning's message, kind of a precursor, if you will, to our second message where we'll be dealing with Isaiah 53. Uh, But as we hear, many of us, I figure was believers that will get up early in the morning. Not too many non-believers will get up early in the morning. But since we are believers, we're just going to talk about what believers believe. Can I do that this morning? And so we can rejoice in his suffering because he was wounded for our transgressions. We see his humility in his power. In contrast to Pilate, he said to please the crowd, he had him flogged, not knowing whipping him, we would be healed. Hello, somebody. Uh, Pilate put him through pain and suffering, thinking that in order for me to please the crowd, I must do this, not knowing that Jesus says, in order for me to redeem you, I must suffer, many things. Can somebody rejoice with his suffering? Um, and so if we see a cowardly man that that's is subject to the appeals and the peer pressure of the crowd want to hold his position not to have a right on his hands Pilate says alright I'll give you what you want you want Barabbas they let go of murderer but a man who had no deceit in his mouth had no sin did not raise any violence, was not even labeled a rebel or a murderer but they let a murderer go free but they condemned the one that came to set the murderers free Hello somebody I want us to grasp that he suffered for us and yet we see him having the courage to stand there who was no threat but was condemned punished for our shame for our rebellion for our iniquities careful we see how peer pressure got onto Pilate peer pressure got onto Judas Be careful that you don't betray Jesus, too. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. But that was less than what he was complaining about, about the alabaster box. He said, we could have used this money to give to the poor, but yet when it came to betray Jesus, he got a lesser fee. Hello, somebody. Uh, reason why was Judas' character was foretold in the commentary you look into says he did not care about the poor, but he was a thief. Uh, we understand that we talked about when Jesus chose the twelve in John the sixth chapter. I chose you, but one of you is a devil. We understand here that as in Jesus' suffering, he was able to suffer with those who were unsufferable. I don't know about you, but in our times, in our life, in this Christian journey, we say we are followers of Christ. We, too, have to be willing to endure the ridicule, the, 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 the lies and the schemes of not just the enemy, but people who we think are our friends, who are our enemies. But yet Jesus was still willing to stand up and before Pilate and take the punishment, Wanting to please the crowd, Pilate decided to flog him and then presented him, and he appeared to them wounded and beaten. I understand he did not look very attractive at that time. Who could look attractive after being whipped and being flogged and being slapped? This was even done before his sentencing. He thought if he flogged him, they might let him go. Hello, somebody. He says, if I can whip him, and maybe they might let him go. He was not even condemned. He was not even sentenced yet. He just tried to get him off his hands by flogging him. But yet we understand that yet he was wounded for our transgressions. And so in this place here, we see here that the sentencing came to him. The Jews who knew no mercy Limited his lashes to 40, they say, because if they'd win more, he would have (laughs) died. This beating came, but yet we find they took him back in. The guards took him back in, did they not? And mocked him some more. They blindfolded him and hit him, saying, prophesy, who hit you? They spat on him. Who did they spit on? Johns, lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David, the bright and the morning star, the mighty counselor, they spat on him. Y'all understand what's happening here? God Almighty, whom we beheld his glory, they spat on him. Hit him with a rod, pushing thorns into his skull. And he was suffering for who? For me. Can we make it personal here? And realizing that my Redeemer, my Lord, is suffering, then Pilate hands him back over to the crowd, mocking him. They have no charge to Jesus, but they flog him anyway. A kangaroo court cannot convict him, but they condemn him anyway. And what after they've done this, they put on his own clothes. I dealt with the sermon before on this Good Friday call in his own clothes. Because he could not wear anybody else's clothes. He could not be anybody but himself and take himself to that cross. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Another title you could give is that Jesus did it because no one else could. And so we see in his suffering he was able to put it on upon himself. With utter contempt. This is sport to everyone who is bruising him and mocking him and hitting him. But Jesus was still willing to stand. How many more of us are willing to stand in front of mockery, in front of condemnation, in front of ridicule, but say, I'm standing for Jesus. People may may want to dress you up or dress you down to meet their status, but we need to realize that I need to be for Jesus. We need to be realizing that me showing up for worship is not to show up to prove somebody else, but I'm showing up because of Jesus. That we realize that I do not serve him with just my lips and my heart is from him. No, I honor him with my lip and um, my heart because faith without works is If Jesus is willing to suffer on my behalf, how dare I be ashamed to tell somebody that I believe that he rose from the grave. I believe he died for my sins. But we have people that think that this is a lie. It is a myth. It's something made up that they don't even care to recognize it as a holiday. But I don't care about that. Because you must not know what I know. Because when you know that you know that you know that he died to set you free, you don't care about somebody says about you. Because you know he has done something to set us free. So after they mocked him, what do we say? They took him out to carry his own condemnation, his own judgment. But we find out that since they bruised him and pained him and hurt him so much, he was too weak to carry the cross all the way. That they had to get Simon a sirene. But I want to throw this in here for us to understand. That no one else can carry your cross. You must deny yourself. And pick up your cross. And follow after him. Because we must die. I tell you, you must die. In order to live. And Jesus is showing us that I must do all this suffering in order for you to live. Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Anybody here been crucified with Christ? We understand what happened on Friday. What happened on Friday? They nailed my sins. Can someone say my sins? To the cross. Uh, they put pain and suffering on him that should have been on me. He was rejected so that I could be accepted. He was condemned just so I, that I could receive grace and mercy. They hung him high. They stressed him high. And I will never know how much it cost to pay that penalty up on that cross. But I'm so glad that he did it. Because I couldn't make it. And nor could I save myself, who is able to save us? No one but our Lord am I right about it? And so we can rejoice in his suffering, realizing that he endured the punishment of the cross for the joy of his people well, what 's the joy we have? Well, we look in matthew twenty eight chapter. It was early that Sunday morning. Uh, Mary was on her way to the grave. Uh, The Matthew Gospel writer says, an earthquake happened when the angel came down. (laughs) This is just me and my Holy Ghost imagination. Don't don't mind me, but y'all seen some cartoons where Superman comes down and he shakes the ground when he comes down. (laughs) Superman, you think you're somebody. But God, it wasn't God himself. It was just an angel that came down and shook the ground. Let me tell you something else. God just speaks in the mountain shadow. So Superman, you ain't got nothing on God. But an angel came down and shook uh, the ground. The stone was rolled back. The guards uh, fell down. Now, grab what here? Did Mary fall down? (laughs) No. Uh, Did anybody else fall down? No. The believers were still standing, but don't. Those who did not know what they were doing felt that I'm so glad that I got somebody in the house know what I'm talking about. That when you got Jesus, the earth can shake, things can roll, but you can still stand on the word of God. So they come into his tomb. But the sad aspect of why they're coming to the tomb is that they're coming for a body. They're coming to address and nurture and covet this body that is dead, but they are shocked to find out that he's not here. The angel asked them the question made popular by Kurt Franklin, what you looking for? (laughs) He said, I know who you're looking for, Jesus Christ. He's not dead, he's a lie. He has risen from the grave. In that good news? He, they're going to see something that is dead, but they're finding out something is a lie. Can I, can I bring it down your street? How have you come to Jesus? Didn't you not come dead? <laughs> but once you got to where he was, you found yourself alive. And so I see that I'm so glad he suffered and died for me so that I can be alive. So no longer is a suffering just for me, but I too must suffer. I must suffer death. I must suffer redemption. So I must kill the old man so I can be alive. And look what happens here. They find out that he's alive and now they're excited. They have joy. Joy. The gospel writer in Matthew does not use the word joy outside of parables. The other time they use joy is when the wise men found Jesus, they had joy. And now Mary found out that he's alive, they found joy. Uh, let me take you home to what I'm talking about. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. So they had joy just thinking about, I see the Messiah. He's alive. He's defeated death. They had joy. And why do I have joy? Because joy can't change due to my circumstances. We understand the word happy means I'm happy because of what's happening. Many of us maybe had a birthday, but it wasn't happy. Am I talking about anybody here? that You had a birthday. It was your birthday, but things weren't going your way. People wish you a happy birthday, but you weren't happy. Because it was based on what's happening. But when you have joy, you're able to rejoice anyhow. It says, maybe things ain't going my way, but God's been good to me. (laughs) So they went to the grave. They realized he was not there, but they heard some news that made them joy. Say he is alive. I don't know about you, but you can get excited to tell your neighbor he's alive. And says he's alive, I can see tomorrow, I can face tomorrow, I can live for tomorrow, because he got me in his hands today. But now look at the second aspect. Not only did they receive joy, receiving, hearing that he's alive, but somebody greets them. Somebody greets them, but it wasn't just somebody. <laughs> and if you look through the gospel, many times uh, people came and greeted Jesus. But he never greeted them. They came to greet him, but the risen Lord came to greet them. Our translation may not better uh, does not do us as a good job in the original language of how we greeted them. But basically, he greeted them with "be of good cheer" or "be of good courage." And some translators have said "be not afraid." Some just say "greetings," but basically, it's a it's a jubilant greeting he gives them. of good cheer. And he tells them when I'm alive, and go tell my my disciples that I'm alive and I have risen from the grave just as I told them I would. Y'all catch that? Just as I told them I would, and I will meet them where? In Galilee. What I want us to grab here is that if Jesus says it, he's sure enough going to do it. He said, I must suffer many things. So that we can be redeemed. My blood must be poured out for the ransom of many. Someone had to pay the penalty. He said it. Did he not do it? We just read through. He suffered on Friday. Did he not suffer? Was he not betrayed and handed over? Was he not, was he not bruised and chastised? Was not our shame upon him? Wasn't uh, are we made whole because of the punishment that he went through? And yet it's fulfilled. And we find that he's alive. And he tells them, Don't be afraid, new living Translation. go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and I will see they will see me there. I just want to close with that see me there part. <laughs> I don't know about you, but Jesus has also told us that we can see him somewhere, too. He said, in my father's house, there's rooms of many mansions. He tells Him, I go to prepare a place for you. And he said, so that when I come back, I can take you to be with me. and never but he wants to see me there <laughs> somebody called on say he wants to see me there <laughs> I don't know about you, but I get excited when people want to see me, when they invite me over to their house and they say, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Welcome, man. My Jesus not only wants to see us there, but he's preparing a place for us. And look at this resurrected Savior. He comes and greets his his, his beloved following disciples. Mary he said, look, I'm here. Do not be afraid. Some of us need to realize in our same life, the times we're going through our darkest times, the times we think things are not going our way. Hope is still in the building, all you gotta is just look around and find out he's here. <laughs> I don't need to be afraid, I don't need to be discouraged. The Lord is my life and my strength. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of? The Lord is the strength of my life. You know, why should I fear? We realize that our God is here, and if He's here, then we know this that He's with us, and greater is He that's with us. And he that is in the world, in closing and looking at his suffering, Philippians the second chapter verses six to eleven, read it this way: though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross therefore god elevating him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory To God, to the glory of God the father knowing that Jesus is now our Lord who defeated death and is exalted in the heavenly places can we not get excited on this Sunday morning and says it was my sins that was nailed to the cross so therefore I am crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but it's Christ who lives in me and when I start thinking about the power of God that's living in me I get excited <laughs> and sometimes I got a quote to myself to make myself feel good from Ephesians the third chapter. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That when I got the power of the Holy Ghost resting in me, I can say now unto him who is able to do above and beyond what I can ask or think according to his mighty power that's in me, not just for me, but the glory of his church in Jesus Christ. Anybody here glad that you got power inside of you because of the power of Jesus that died on the cross on that Friday night but early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands Hallelujah. so we can rejoice in his suffering We can rejoice in his resurrection. Because if he's alive, I'm alive. He says, I am the life and the resurrection. Any man who believes me, though he may die yet, he shall live. Is anybody alive in here? Anybody alive in here? Just yell out, I'm alive! (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. This just just joining me to say, thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just, I just want to say thank you one more time thank Can we sing it again Thank you Lord thank you Thank you Lord for dying for our sins Thank you Thank you Lord, for taking our place on the cross Thank Repeat, I just want to thank, I just want to, I want to thank you for defeating death, I just want to, I thank you for overcoming the victory of sin, I just want to, I thank you Lord you rose from the grave, I just thank you, I thank you Lord for saving me. I just want to. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I just want. I thank you for your love and your mercy. I just want to. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. I just want to thank you, Lord. Hallelujah in this place. Hallelujah in this place. Hallelujah in this place. I'm done with my part, but I want to ask if if he's been good to you. you Just go and testify to your.